Welcome to Lighthouse Chapel International, Columbus, Ohio. We invite you to discover the life-changing anointed word of God as you listen to this message by Reverend Gilbert Asamoah. Reverend Gilbert Asamoah is a well-seasoned minister who serves as the General Overseer of the Raccoon Diocese in Lighthouse Chapel International, USA. Founded by Bishop Dag Heward Mills with over 1,800 branches worldwide. Join us for a life-changing experience as you listen to this message. We activate that which is in your divine eternal counsel. Thank you for allowing us to participate in your plan in the earth at this time. We pray that you shall bless this message, Lord, and that you shall grant us access into divine insights into your world, that we would walk out of this meeting with a plan of action, how we are going to proceed to obey your word. Thank you in the name of Jesus. Amen. 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 Beautiful. Amen. Well, we are welcome. Um, my plan today is hopefully to finalize on the series that we've been on from chapter seven of the book, um, Faith Secrets. And the title is, Your Faith is Your Life. Hallelujah. Amen. Your faith is your life. You know, the thing about the kingdom of God is that even when something is said to be a secret, it's not really a secret because the Bible said the Holy Spirit has been given to us to reveal things, hidden things to us. Hallelujah. Amen. Jesus said, whatever has been hidden shall be pronounced on the housetops. So that's why if you've been participating in the flow prayer, often Bishop would say some things about demons and how they operate. And the thing about demons is that their power lies in, well, two things. Their power lies in deception, and then their power lies also in their ability to hide. Their ability to hide. So the, the moment the word of God comes and it sheds light on an aspect of how, what the devil is doing, then it makes it, it um, what's the word? It incapacitates. It, 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 it reduces the devil's power to nothing. The demon's power are reduced because once they know they are exposed, you see, it's like, it's like it weakens them. Uh, uh, but then you see, the word of God does not only come to reveal what the devil is doing. The word of God also comes to reveal what God is doing. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. We, it is not, you shouldn't lead your Christian life fighting devils all the way to the, um, to the end. You shouldn't lead your Christian life only looking at how can, how can I, how can I, um, you know, avoid what Satan is doing. It's like if you buy a car and you've not traveled to a country where they have good roads, do you get it? You can buy a brand new, I don't know, Cadillac or whatever expensive car, but you only drive the car in a country where all the roads are bad, full of potholes. Are you listening to me? Yeah. Mm. All your driving experience is going to be, how do I avoid hitting a pothole? How many know that you are not really going to enjoy the car? Amen. Amen. You know, I was driving with somebody, was it yesterday or today? And that guy was driving really very fast. And, and, and he made a statement, well, it was today. 
He made a statement that uh, a lot of people have good cars, but they don't know how to enjoy it. You know, I was concerned about the about the speed limit. <laughs> I was concerned about the speed limit. You know, he didn't seem to mind the speed limit at all. He just felt like if I have a car, I must enjoy it. Enjoy. And then, and then at some point, he was caught between a car in front of him and a car on the left lane, so he couldn't go. He couldn't. He couldn't go. And and, then, and that's when he made that statement that people have a car, but they, they don't know how to enjoy it. <laughs> Like what by enjoying it, he means going as fast as the car can go. You see, yeah. then I say, Are you not worried about the speed? He said, Oh, all the cops know me. <laughs> he said, All the cops from, from this region know me. So I, I, I'm not worried about that. You see, but so so if you buy a car um in a in a in a place where the all the roads are bad, all your driving will be more like avoidance type of driving, defensive type of driving. And you won't really enjoy the full benefit of the car. But once you, you are able to escape to a good road, you, you know, that's when you don't have to be too cautious of, is there a pothole here? Is there a pothole here? So a need for us, in as much as we need to, we need to um, be cautious of, of not falling into the traps of the devil, in as much as we need to avoid um, you know, that the ways of the devil. We also need to look at what is God saying about our advancement? What is the word of God saying about our progress? What is the word of God saying about our future? You know, because, because that would give us a new perspective to life. As a matter of fact, one thing the word of God will do for you if you go to know God's plan for you. You know, we read Jeremiah 29 and verse 11. We've been saying it since teenage age. You know, that I know the thoughts I have for you that are thoughts of what? Good and not of evil to give you a hope and a future. Um, you know, there's a sister verse, which I'm trying to remember, also in Jeremiah. I think um, Jeremiah 33 verse 3, and I'm going to paraphrase here. You know, it says that call unto me and I'll answer you, you know, and show you great and mighty things which you have not imagined. So... And I remember we used to say that is God's telephone number. God's telephone number. God has two telephone numbers. Jeremiah 29 verse 8 and then Jeremiah 33 verse 3. But you see, what happens is that, what happens is that we don't move, we don't elevate the conversation from the spiritual verse, Bible verse level into our practical day-to-day -day lives. And, and when we begin to look at the chapter, a topic like your faith is your life, okay? The prophet, Bishop is is challenging us, you know. He's challenging us to, he's challenging us to, um, you know, think about your life in a different way than the way you've been looking at it, you know. Think, think about your life outside of the boxes that our our natural man has placed us in. Think about your life outside of the of the uh, what do you call it? Um, so, sometimes it, uh, it is it's, it's things outside of us that have placed a cap on us and our thinking and our on what, what you can be. Sometimes it's things outside of us, but a lot of times it's not things outside of us. Sometimes it is we ourselves who have conditioned our minds and, and, and put our, a cap on ourselves because we do not see beyond, we do not see beyond, um, you know, what the natural eye can see. Hallelujah. Amen. Amen. Are you listening to me, somebody? Yes. 
and I like us to open to uh, a verse uh, from Proverbs, Proverbs chapter twenty-nine, verse eighteen. We are talking about your faith is your life. Okay, your faith is your life. Open. Let's open to Proverbs twenty-nine and verse eighteen. We're going to read it from a few um, translations. So maybe we will start from the New King James. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. It says, where there is no revelation, the people cast off restraint. But happy is he who keeps the law. When there is no revelation, when you look at the King James, it says when there is no, where there is no vision. Okay? But the new King James puts it in a, a way, another way. It calls it revelation. Because when people hear vision, often they think of a spiritual vision as in an angel has appeared. But the, the meaning in this particular verse is not like a spiritual vision like an angel has appeared. But it's talking about what you see with the eyes of your faith or the eyes of your spirit. Revelation here is speaking about what you see with the eyes of your spirit, like your inner eyes your inner eyes, like your imagination. Hallelujah. So, so there, is, there is something about what you see with your inner eyes. Because, I mean, how many know that when, if you close your eyes, right? If you close your eyes, how many know that you still see things? I mean, can you, can you see something even though you close your eye? Yeah. What you see after you close your eye, that's your spiritual eye. Okay. That's, your, that's, your, that's the, 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 the revelation we are speaking about. Because there's this physical eye, but there's the inner eye that is that is your estimation of reality. Do you get it? And let me read a few things the bishop said. He said, he said, all through scripture, it is clear that the life you live, all through scripture, it is clear that the life you live is the real revelation of your faith level. The life you live out in the physical is what the real revelation of your faith level so so he's saying that your faith level is what determines the life you live outside you know in terms of the outward physical what we see is your faith level drives how your your, your physical life is going to look like do you get it and then he goes on to say faith is your life the life you live is the faith you have the life you live is the faith you have. So, so your, your, nobody can see your faith. Nobody can, God, faith is spiritual. Faith is in your heart. But nobody can see it. But then how you conduct your life, how you live your life is a revelation of the hidden faith that we all do not see. Amen. Amen. And then he goes on to say, what you do with your life reveals what you really believe in. What you do with your life Reveals what you really believe in. Now, I don't know how much you take the word of God to heart or how much you take the revelations or elaborations from Bishop to heart. But if you take these things to heart and you begin to challenge yourself, right? Because you know what we've been conditioned? We've all been conditioned to blame, to blame external factors to put all the blame on external factors, right? We've been, we've been trained to look for 
what you didn't get when you're growing up or what somebody didn't do for you, right? We've been trained to, to look at the boundaries of our life as driven by others so that we have, we have taken all responsibility from ourselves, right? We've taken all responsibility from ourselves and then we are trying to explain everything about our lives based on what, what uh, as we say, the system or, or somebody, somebody uh, maybe in your upbringing or maybe even in the current world that we, we live in, in this America that we have come, you know, th th there is so many different factors that are what? Putting a restraint and putting a cap on us. And so, the, 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 but you see, if that is the only song we are going to sing, right? If that is the only song we are going to sing, then we are no different than unbelievers. The bishop is saying that your faith determines, he said that your life determines your faith level. In other words, he's saying that do not resign to, do not resign to the forces that are coming from outside trying to dictate your life. You see, you need to now catch a vision. You need to catch a vision for, for what, is, what is God's will for you. You need to catch a vision for what is my life supposed to be, right? You need to catch that vision. Because the world system and everyone around you, you know, is trying to hijack your life, is trying to hijack your life into another place. That, that is not what God intended. Now, unless we are able to come to terms with what God is saying, we will just go with the flow and now and then and blame and, and then make excuses that all these things came against me. And that is why I could not do A, B, C, and D. Okay. So so these types of messages right it can it can have two impacts on you when you hear a message like that that challenges you it, it, it can it can it can well first of all these are enigmatic statements these are statements that are a little bit mind-boggling but but they challenge your thinking they challenge your thinking to let you look at things another way so that you cannot just you cannot just um sit and look only at what is not working or what is working against you. But then, the, as we learned last week, it says that God is able to do exceedingly, abundantly, above all that we can ask or think, according to what? The power that works within us. So, 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 so you have what you call a disconnect. You have a gap. You have a gap. God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly above all we can ask or imagine. I mean, that is like the sky is the limit. So if God is able to do all that, but then we see ourselves that we are falling short so much from where we want to be or where we need to be. Where we want to be, where we need to be, I'm not drawing a distinction. I'm, I'm just assuming it's the same. I'm just assuming that we are guided by God, that we need to be here, we want to be here. God is guiding us, but we see a big gap now, when you hear a message like this, the impact is twofold. One is that you can choose to let it challenge you, and then you can choose, okay, what can I, how can I bridge the gap? Because clearly, in that Ephesians 3 scripture, we said that God is able to do exceedingly and abundantly more than what we ask or think. If we are not uh, reaching that level of exceedingly and abundantly, uh, then the gap is not because of God, because it says it's according to his power, that works in us. I mean, that God's power is not what is missing. God's power is not what um, what do you call it? 
the, the gap is not caused by cause power. I mean, Jesus Christ was dead and God raised him from the dead. Lazarus was there for four days. He's, he's beginning to stink. God raised. So in terms of the power, it's not from God. So now there is the, the, the interface, the thing that links to the power of God. That is the missing link. And 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 the um in the end, you can choose the path of depression. In other words, you can choose the path of oh poor me. I mean, Bishop is saying your faith is your life, right? He's saying the life you live is the faith you have. And then he goes on to say, uh, the life you live is the real revelation of your faith level. So if my life is below where I need to be and where I want to be, then poor me, I don't have faith. And so that's the end of me. So, so then you can go on a downward, um, you can go on a downward spiral. A, a message like this, if you don't process it well. See, see I'm, it's today, today, I'm hoping that I can, I can put a capstone on it, you know, yeah. and, 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 to, and to kind of prevent you from feeling... Eh? I don't want you to just hear such a message series and just do nothing with it. That's number one. I don't want you to hear this message series and do nothing with it. And then number two, I don't want you to hear this message series and then feel depressed and feel like, okay, this is for the faith giants, you know? Such a thing is for the faith giants because after all, they say that my life is a revelation of my faith. If my life is substandard or below where I need it to be, then well, I mean, it means my faith is a little, I mean, that's all I can do. I mean, what did man come to do? A man didn't come to do everything. So I've done what Napoleon couldn't do. And so that's the end of me. I mean, my, so, so you can you can take it in a negative sense, right? And then flow on that sense, okay, that's the end of it. Or, or you can also say, you know what? I can get a new vision. I can get hope. Because you see, by the way, the Holy Spirit is never responsible for condemnation. The Bible said the Spirit comes to convict us of sin and of righteousness and of, of judgment. The Spirit comes to convict or to remind you. Do you get it? That's different than the devil who comes to what? Condemn. So whenever you hear a message that condemns, you feel a condemnation. That is from the devil, clearly. God in this dispensation is not looking to condemn anyone. He's not trying to say that your faith is nothing. As a matter of fact, we know from Romans 12 that God gives everyone a measure of faith. And we also know from Romans chapter 10 and from verse 17 that your faith can grow because it said faith comes by hearing and by hearing the word of God. Is that not so? Yes. Mm -hmm. So then the intent is not that your faith can, you, you are condemned to a low great faith forever. But if you hear this message with the right spirit, what you do is that you begin to say, okay, there is still a lot of way for me to go. But I'm going to comfort and encourage myself, knowing that I am not alone. God has not abandoned me. And that I'm going to grow my faith and I'm going to pursue what God has said of me. You see? So, so, so please don't get this message in the wrong way, thinking that it is meant to condemn. It is by no, I am the one speaking and I have not attained the fullness of where I need to be or where I want to be. We are all in this together. Are you there with me? But we need to have a passion and a desire that, look, I'm going to do something with this message series. So bring back the scripture back again, Proverbs 29 and verse 18. And um, I believe we've read it already in the New King James. Let's read it from the Message Bible, if you have it. Proverbs 29 and verse 18. 
where it's a word there's no revelation that people cast off restraint. In the Message Bible, if people can't see, listen to this carefully, if people can't see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. Wow. wow. Do you get it? If people cannot see what God is doing, they stumble all over themselves. But when they attend to what he reveals, they are most blessed. You see how clearly the message Bible put it, that everything in our lives is supposed to be driven by us catching a vision of what God is doing. Not what, not what your body is telling you, not what your uh, bank account is telling you, not what your uh, circumstances are telling you, not what your failures are telling you. Do you know something? Too much, there is too much of looking back to our failures. I mean, if there's anything, there's anything that we should take from our past is that we should look at it and learn. But we are not supposed to look at our past and let that depress us and make us feel useless, valueless, worthless, and let not our past be predictive of what your future is going to be. You know, I mean, when we were little, I remember we, we had this saying that we used to say, every mistake is a new star. Have you heard that before? Yes. You see, that's a winning attitude and a winning uh, uh, mindset. That even if you've made mistakes and have made uh, 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 faults, you don't let that dictate the rest of your life. Rather, you take an emotional distance from it and take a look at it and say, okay, this is what happened, this is where I stumbled. But now, instead of looking at what I did wrong, or instead of looking at the limitations that people have placed on me, or that the external factors have placed on me, I am going to look at what God is doing. What is God doing? Well, what God is doing is going to be written in the word of God. Without seeing what God is doing, what is what, 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 what will happen to the people? They will, it's, it's right there before us. They will stumble, you'll be stumbling all over ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. But if we can see what God is doing, then we will be blessed. Let's try New Living Translation and see what this means. Proverbs 29:18 in New Living Translation, if you have it. When people do not accept divine guidance, they run wild. <laughs> but whoever obeys the law is happy. See, the, 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 the message Bible says when people do not see what God is doing, here is people do not accept divine guidance. Where are we going to find divine guidance in the word of God? Listen, my dear friend, we have run our lives, we have run our lives without divine guidance. We have run our lives based on what feels good and what everyone else is doing or based on what, what, what we think is right to, for us. And we've disregarded the word of God. But now God is saying your faith is your life and your life is your faith. But where is the faith going to come from? From the word of God. And I need to say that every area of our life, there is a faith about it. Or there is a mindset we need to have about it. There is a mindset about your finances. There is a mindset about God, from God, from God's word about your finances. There is a mindset about, or, uh, 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 about your, your spiritual life, you know, your calling, your ministry. There is a mindset about it. There is a mindset of God about it. Like God has a, a plan about your spiritual life, your calling, what you are supposed to be doing. 
souls you are supposed to be winning, people you are supposed to talk to, people you are supposed to convince to love God, people you are supposed to pray for that. God has a plan about it. God has a plan about relationships you are supposed to have, friends you are supposed to have. Amen. Amen. Your career, God has a plan about it. There is no part of your life that God doesn't have a plan about. And so when we speak about faith, I'm saying let's not limit faith to one area. The faith is relevant for all areas. But I'm saying that the faith is going to come from we, we engaging God's word. Engaging God's word. And again, well, God word is very, God's word is very big, very large. But for every area of our lives, there is a specific God's word that, that is relevant and applicable to that area. And so when the scripture is saying, you know, when the people are perishing without a vision, or when people don't know what God is doing, it's talking about pockets of our life, that God has something to say about that. That either we have closed God out of it, or we are not paying attention to God in that area of our life. Some of us, it is in the area of our emotions. Some of us in the area of our, our passions, what we like, what we want, what we feel like we should have. God is not having any say in our passion. So we just follow, go with the flow. Or in some cases, you know, it's about, about our spending. God doesn't have a say in our spending. So whatever we feel like getting, we buy. Whether we have money or not, we just buy. You know, God may have something to say about the way you talk. Every area of your life, there is the divine guidance for that area. And when we apply faith and the word of God to that area, we begin to have the blessing that the um, uh, message Bible spoke about. Because we have seen what God is doing. Because when we don't see what God is doing, what happens is that we stumble all over ourselves. Hallelujah. Amen. You see, what we are doing today is that we are bringing the message home. What do you think? We are bringing the message home. We are bringing it to um, practical application. We are bringing the message to a form and, and a manner that we can flesh it out to flesh the word out like, like the word became flesh the word of God became flesh right so so the word is not hang, hanging in the sky somewhere the word must now come near you I remember back um, back in the day we had this inside joke we would say this word is ringing your mobile phone pick it up do you get it we, we, we have to come to the place where the word of God, the word of God now comes to our level, comes to our, you see, for God to do anything in the earth, he had to come to the ground. He had to be grounded. So he had to borrow Mary's body. Do you get it? Instead of like Iman Sana, he was speaking from the, speaking from the mountain. The mountain was shaking with earthquake and fire. The people of Israel were afraid. And they begged Moses, you go here and bring us the message. Do you get it? Moses was the mediator. But there came a time that God said, you know what? This word that I have spoken, what needs to now give them a vision and divine guidance? That word has been too distant. They've seen it far, far, far away. So now I am coming down and the word became flesh. Now you and I need to get to that place where the word of God will become flesh. We have to flesh it out. We have to take it from the uh, outer space and begin to now look into every area of our lives. Hallelujah. Amen. Remember Amen. two, three weeks ago, I said we need to do what? Do um, reflection, right? Reflect upon your life. Um, 
you know, here, here in the, this country, I don't know whether you've seen it, but you know, when children go to school, and sometimes the um, if they if they fall if they fall into some type of uh, um, you know, behavior that the teachers are out of the the, the boundaries that they're supposed to be in, they they cause something reflection. You know, some of you are teachers. You know, some of you may know, like like like, especially at a certain age, it's not a question of just punishing the child. Do you get it? So 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 they, 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 I remember um, that in some instances they ask you to write out, right, <laughs> write a reflection of of what happened, and and and, and, and like they, they make you write it out, and then you know, basically they force you to think of what went wrong, write it out, and then and then write what what you are going to do, um, how you are going to do better next time. So that nobody is telling you what to write, but you, by making you sit and reflect and think about things. And so, so it's like, it's like, I remember back in the day, they said, they said, when you write something, right? They say, when you write something, like in school, they say, when you take notes, when you write it, they say it goes from your hand all the way to your head. <laughs> that, that's what they used to say to encourage students to take notes. They say, when you, when you write something, it, it travels from your hand to your head because that way you remember that way so there's a deliberate conscious effort right that that, that way you reflect on things so so today i'm trying to give you some practical tools right some some handles how many have have seen a dog without a handle before a dog you see having a dog is great right yeah having a dog is great you know because a dog gives you access to a room, is that not so? Yes. So, so now, now let's say faith is the door that we need to open every every realm that God wants us to walk in. But 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 we just if we just describe the door, and then we don't bring it down, we don't bring it home to having handles, because having a handle on the door, right? I mean, allows you to open the door, is that not so? Yeah. So. What I'm trying to do today is I give you some handles, some practical tools, right? Some practical tools that you can you can you can go home with. And one of these is this reflection that I'm talking about, right? Now, now reflecting is one thing, but you need to do this reflection through the eyes of faith. Otherwise, what you, what is going to happen is that you can reflect on your life all day long and come out depressed. Like, but you need to look within the test. What is God saying? Okay, so reflection is one thing. Looking about, so what are you going to reflect on? Well, you have a spiritual life, you have a physical life, your career, your your your, your money matters, your family life, your relationship, uh, your spiritual life, your soul life, your internal, your internal processing, how your mind works. What are the internal models that govern the way you think? You need to you need to reflect on all these things. Yeah, I mean, how quickly do you give up on yourself, or how quickly do you give up on people? What is the what is the length of your temper? Okay, is it two inches or is it two miles? <laughs> you know, you know, you need to reflect on all areas areas of your life, your spiritual, soulless, and physical life. But then it shouldn't end on reflection, right? It must when you reflect, in order for it to go from here to here, you got to write it down. Okay, I'm giving you, I'm giving you tools. I'm giving you handles. How you can implement this message of faith is your life, right? So now you reflect and then you need to put it on paper. 
I mean, you need to get a journal. Some of you have a notebook or an online online uh, file that you've, you've outlined all the bills that are due in the month. I mean, those of you who are organ very organized, you have that going, right? Some of you got everything right here. You don't write anything, but everything is right here. But the more organized ones have a file of things. This is due on the 29th, this is due on the 1st, this is due on the middle of the month. And you have these things, files you've created, right? If you're a student, you have a, uh, you may have folders you've, you've designed for every subject. Some of you, if you're old school, like me, you see me, if I have something in the digital format, I must have a physical version too. <laughs> Do you get it? I, 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 I have the digital one, but I also want to have a physical one. Physical. You see that I have a, an iPad, I gave, I have those, but I also have a physical notebook here. <laughs> you, see? <laughs> you see, it's a dangerous one. I mean, if something happens to the uh, power grid, everything goes away. So I try to keep it both, try to play it safe. Amen. You know, what, but, but you see, do you know the tra tragedy of the hour? The tragedy of the hour is that we have records and journals and files, digital or physical, for everything by ourselves. And we run this extra busy schedule of running and running and going from one job to another. I remember back in the, in New Jersey when I, 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 I before I started working for the bank and I was I was going around with an agency job. You know, they, they sent me an accounting agency. They sent me to here for a month and then there for two weeks and stuff. But then the money was not enough, so I took another job at IKEA in uh, returns. You know where customer returns where people come and return things but but the problem was that i was working at jersey city okay and i didn't have a car so i was taking private trans transport and when i close when i close at five o'clock and i arrive at ikea i'm supposed to be there at five thirty. i was always running late so my life was like i was always always going like that you know it's like running from one job to another. Until one day, you know, my, my, my boss, you know, decided to drop me. But our life is in this, in this busy, busy, busy mode that we run from things to one thing to another, one thing to another. And we have records for a lot of things. But many people have not even thought of themselves as a subject matter or a phenomenon to keep records on. I am entreating you, get a journal, go to a, a dollar store if you don't have already have one. I'm talking about practical handles and tools. Go to a dollar store. Some of these little books, booklets or journal is $2 if you go to a dollar store, 99 uh, uh, dollar store, family dollar or whatever. Okay. And then get a journal. Um, you can go to uh, Staples for the expensive version. No, 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 no problem. <laughs> but the important thing is that just as you have a book and a record for everything, you see, you don't want to miss your house payment. You don't want to miss your electricity bill. You don't want to miss. So we are good at trying to do things for other people. But how about you? How about investing some time upon you? Investing some time to ponder over your life and writing out 
okay? Writing things down. This is these are the things that are important to me. These are the things. You see, we, we write out the um covenant Sunday, we write out our goals on, on first Sunday in the month in the year. How many ever go back to it and look at it? What I'm saying is that you two are important. Get a journal. Write out what is your vision? What is your goal? What are the things you want for your life? What? How is God leading you? Where is God leading you? What are the things God wants you to do? What are the things that are lacking? What are the things that you are wanting? Write those things down. And then you begin to look for scriptures that accompany those things. That, that then becomes your vision. You see, we need to flesh it out because the word of God is not up in the sky. Let's look at something Moses said. I believe that is Deuteronomy. Deuteronomy chapter 30 and verse 11. Our goal is to give hope. Hope so that we will pursue what God is saying. Deuteronomy 30 verse 11 this command I am giving you today is not too difficult for you to understand or perform. Okay, continue. We're going to 14, all the way to 14. So it is not, listen, listen very carefully. Is that the command or the word of God? It is not up in heaven. So distant that you must ask, who will go to heaven and bring it down so we can hear and obey it? So pause there for a moment. Pause there for a moment. You see, this is where I'm saying that we are bringing it home. We are bringing it to a practical level. We are trying to translate the word of God into how we would live it out right here. Because otherwise, my dear friend, we would just go to church every day in and day out. We would, we would read the word of God. It becomes like a ritual or a religious thing. I, I don't want to look, do anything ritual or religious. I want the benefit of following Christ or being in church, the benefit of hearing these messages. I want to begin to see it. And how are you going to do it? Get a journal. Get a journal. This journal is about you. It's about me incorporated. Me Inc. Whatever your name is. Your name is Susan. Susan Inc. is the name of a company. Susan Incorporated. What is Susan's life about? What is your what is your calling? What is your goal? What is it that you are living life for? Write these things down. Begin to ponder over it. Why was I supposed to be that I am not? Well, acknowledge where you have missed, but know that there's still, as long as you are still have life, God is able to reverse things. But the starting point is take stock, reflect, write it down. And then begin to begin to assess where you are in terms of the word of God in all pockets of your life. Amen. Amen. Look at it. It is not up in heaven. So this time that you might ask who will go to heaven and bring it down so we can hear and obey it. Verse 13. It is not beyond the sea. So far away that you must ask, who will cross the sea to bring it to us so we can hear and obey? He's talking about dimensions. Up in heaven means up high. Sea means all the way down. He's saying it is not out of reach. The spiritual life is not out of reach. That's the essence of what the scripture is saying. The engaging of God's reality, the engaging of the, the supreme reality of God. God came and became a man and walked this planet. 
He used the restroom like everybody used the restroom. He slept like everybody slept. So he, he, it is as as practical and as 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 pragmatic as 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 relevant as he can be. That he fleshed himself out. The word became flesh. Now you and I need to repeat that process through the help of the Holy Spirit. That that the word of God now we need to not see it as far away. Begin to apply it to every day of your life. There's no part of your life that the word is not relevant. You can't say it's too far away, beneath you, above you. Let's go to 14. The message, listen to this. The message is very close at hand. The message is very close at hand. How close is it? This message does not need social distancing, 12 feet or 6 feet or whatever the new measurement is. The word of God does not have to obey the the um, social distancing rules. Do you get it? And the word of God does not need to wear a mask. It is very close at hand. It is where? On your lips. On your lips. And in your heart. So that you can obey it. We are talking about a merger. A commingling of lives, my dear friend. Your Christian life was meant to be a commingling of lives. Have you seen two people who have gotten married and they have been married for a while and they begin to look alike? Yeah. They begin to look alike. I mean, as for children, as for children, it's, it's, it's normal to see that the children resemble resemble um, both parents. It's normal. Even the one that they say they look like this one, you will see that there's a part of them that look like the other, the other um, parent. So children, but then even couples who are not related, who are not related, but they're just in union because of marriage. After a while, sometimes you can see a resemblance. You can see a resemblance in sometimes, if not in looks, sometimes in behavior. Is somebody tracking with my message? Yes. Amen? Amen. What we are saying is the word of God must be commingled with all of our life. The word of God must not be divorced from your day-to-day -day life. The message is very close at hand. Let's switch to the um, maybe King James version. Let's switch to King James version. And let's start from verse 12. It is not in heaven that thou shouldest say, Who shall go up for us to heaven and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it? 13. Neither is it beyond the sea that thou shouldest say, who shall go over the sea for us and bring it unto us that we may hear it and do it. 14. But the word is very what? Nigh unto thee. In thy mouth and in thy heart that thou mayest do it. This scripture the Apostle Paul quoted in uh, Romans chapter 10. So let's jump to Romans chapter 10. And um, 
Take it from verse 8. Romans chapter 10. Maybe start from verse 7. Romans 10 and 7. We are doing, we are trying to give practical handles and tools to apply the message on faith to our lives. Okay. Who shall descend into the deep? See, Paul is quoting the throne Who shall descend into the deep? That, that is to bring up Christ again from the dead. Verse 8. But what says it? The word is nigh thee, even in thy mouth and in thy heart. That is the word of faith which we preach. Where is the word of faith? It's in thy heart and in thy mouth. How is it going to be in thy mouth? Because you ponder over it. It's like something in your mouth means you are chewing it. Your heart there is referring to your spiritual stomach. After, it, after you chew it, meditate on it, it goes to your spiritual stomach. Your heart becomes the storehouse of the word of God. That is where the springing forth of faith comes from. So this iteration of reading the word of God and meditating on it, now you need to take it to the next step of applying it to your day-to-day -day life. That is where the commingling comes in. There's a commingling of lives whereby the word of God begins to commingle your day-to-day -day life. Whether you're at work, whether you're going to buy something, it's not to be divorced from the word of God. Hallelujah. Amen. Now, somebody said, well, I still feel overwhelmed. I really feel overwhelmed. How do I really do this? I tried it before and I, I fell short and I'm discouraged. I'm going to give you two verses. Two verses as we close. Okay. We are in this thing together. Hebrews chapter 12. Well, first of all, let's let's go to Hebrews chapter 11 and read verses 1 to 3 out of the New King James Version. We are talking about your faith is, is your life. How do you personalize it? How do you make it practical? Practical. How do you live it out for real in your life? Hebrews 11 verse 1 to 3. Now, faith is the substance of things hoped for the evidence of things not seen. For by it the elders obtain a good testimony. Verse 3. By faith, listen, we understand that the worlds were framed by the word of God, so that the things which are seen were not made of things which are visible, which is saying that visible things came out of in the invisible realm. Visible things that we see came out of the invisible realm. Everything that is visible, there was a point in time it did not exist. But out of the invisible realm, it came. And God's word framed it. Now, you and I have been told in Ephesians uh, 5 verse 1 that we are supposed to be imitators of God. Which means that God has called us to co-create with him. Everything that you see out there from the Apple, uh, uh, what do you call it, uh, iPhone, to the Tesla electric uh, car, to any magical thing that is out there, before it came out, somebody thought about it, somebody conceived it, and then before it came out. Before it came out, it existed in an invisible realm. Everything that is missing or lacking in your life, you must envision it, you must imagine it, 
you must you must you must you must you must visualize it and you must reflect it you must put it down on paper you must ground it and then you need god's help to bear it but first you must you must make time you must make time don't just be busy going round 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 sit take time and sit still and ponder over your life get a journal write things down where you supposed to be where you need to be and then begin to begin to visualize and begin to read things in terms of what god has said because every visible thing came out of the invisible realm. You need to first visualize and imagine it, and then you need to co-partner with God in order to bring things forth. Okay, so this is the standard. But just in case you, 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 you we get tired or disillusioned or disappointed on the way, there is good news in Hebrews chapter 12 and verse number 2. Let's go there. It says, looking unto Jesus the author and finisher of our faith, who for the joy that was set before him endured the cross, despising the shame and has sat down at the, sat down at the right hand of the throne of God. So it's what this verse is telling us is that the journey of faith is going to have bumps and it's going to, the journey of growing in faith and living out and fleshing it out as I've been describing is going to come with sometimes delays. It's going to come with disappointment. It's going to come sometimes that it feels like a cross. But it says, the one who is the author and finisher of our faith is the one we should look at. Look at him and get refueled and re-energized, reinvigorated, redirected. A, a new vision, a new life every day comes alive if we look unto Jesus. If you look unto our own ability, that is where the disillusionment and disappointment comes in. But look unto Jesus, the author and finisher of our faith. Hallelujah. Last verse, 2 Corinthians 3.18. Jesus is at the nexus of it all. He's in the center of it all. 2 Corinthians 3 and verse 18. But we all with unveiled face, beholding us in a mirror, the glory of the Lord, we are being transformed into the same image from glory to glory, just as by the spirit of the Lord. So, so we should look unto Jesus and we should look upon him and meditate on him. As we do that, it will complement what we are trying to do in the physical realm because it takes two to tango. The spiritual life of God would be imparted onto the physical things you are trying to do as you fix your eyes on the Lord. You look on him with an unveiled face. When you come to Jesus, remove, you don't need to wear a mask to come to Jesus. The coronavirus social distancing does not apply to the word of God. The word is 9D, even in your mouth and in your heart. Now, God is saying the time has come. The beloved dozing period is over. Amen. You can you can uh, remove the scripture even as I wind down. So I, 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 I think everybody here is an adult and, and you can understand my analogy. But sometimes, sometimes something that will bring something alive. The beloved dozing period is over. The time you and I have been beloved dozing the word of God. Beloved dozing, beloved, in other words, like Back in the world, they say girlfriend, boyfriend, but in this house, we say beloved those. So we've been beloved those in the word of God. We've been befriending with all the restrictions. Don't touch. 
don't kiss. Do you get it? <laughs> don't stay too late at night at your uh, lover's house. Yeah. Lest, lest uh, uh, it, it rains and a uh, bad snow, and then you are caught. You are caught by the snow. And you have to sleep there. And things that you didn't plan may happen. So all these things are belabidosing rules and restrictions. But there comes a time. Okay? There comes a time. I mean, during the belabidosing days, the brother is just trying to shake your hand and do this extra sensitive system. Push, push, please, take care. Look, he's just shaking your hand. He's not going to eat you. He's not going to bite you. Okay? Or sometimes it's the other way around. Sometimes it's the other way around. The afraid man, brother, the sister, once it's a little bit close to you, then they, they you move. It's like you are trying to protect yourself from doing something you're not supposed to do. You get it. And then here comes the marriage. Holy matrimony. After holy matrimony, now you've gone on the honeymoon. Now this time, all walls are what? Down. All curtains are what? Pulled. This is the time for you to enter into action. This is the time you should, you should not be saying, whoosh. No. This is the time for true communion. But the tragedy of the hour is that we've been belabidosing the word of God all our life. When the word is now coming alive, the word is nigh thee, then we are backing off. Like the brother, the sister, that the, 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 the husband was trying to cuddle her in bed. And then she said, she said, who is that? Who is that? And he said, he said, he said, who is that? It's an arm robber. I mean, who else is in this room with you? You and I need to now take off the take off our clothes. What I mean is like come transparent before God. We all, we all with open face, with open face, with transparency, with complete nakedness, come before Christ. Expose yourself to him. Let him see your weakness. Let him see where you are falling short. Let him see your frustration. Tell him he's been there. And once you do that, once you do that, you'll be amazed. You'll be amazed. His nature, his power will be imparted to you. Read the scriptures. Jesus Christ only got mad and angry at the Pharisees who held themselves so righteous and, and didn't want to give room for anyone. When he had a chance for a woman who was caught in adultery to be stoned, he didn't do it. Jesus never drove people away. So now there's no issue or no calamity or failure or flaw in your life that he hasn't seen before. Hallelujah. Amen. And so as we end, remember, you need to come clean before him, meditate on him, and there is going to be an exchange of our weakness for his glory, our poverty for his riches, our shame for his glory, for his majesty. If we can do that, then this series has been worth it. God bless you.